Hello, and you are listening to Fatcast. This is yet another huge episode, and Marianne is here with me. Hi, Marianne. As always, hello. As, as always, my constant companion. <laughs> and we with the width of a country between us, <laughs> or not the width, the depth, the, length, the height, the length, the. It, it's not three-dimensional on a map. I don't know which unit of descriptive well, measure to use. Earth, the planet is curved, so it's slightly three-dimensional. Well, the planet is curved, but the map is not, which is what I'm picturing in my head. This is, this is exactly how I expected this episode to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I told you I was cranky. <laughs> Marianne is caught. You're caught up on both now, right? You watched the last two episodes. I I did not. I was not able to watch the episode that I missed. Which what? Which one was that? Was that was Talent Night, right? Yeah, I haven't seen Talent Night yet. But you have seen Movie Night. I have seen Movie Night. I had to have family togetherness and then work. Oh, okay. unfortunately, that's okay. Well, fortunately, but you know. Know what I mean? Uh, I know what you mean. I had to have family togetherness this weekend. Well, you can catch up. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have faith that you will sit down. Well, I read your recap, right? <laughs> and that gives you an idea. <laughs> and, and you know, we had that whole conversation that we were trying to turn into a huge episode. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to mourn that. Basically, what happened is we recorded. We recorded a huge episode, and then because I was, I got confused with where a file. I thought I had a backup copy, and yeah, I I screwed up and I deleted one of the audio files, which means we have a file of Marianne talking to no one about you. <laughs> But there is no file of me actually speaking, so I I did not upload that episode. <laughs> that just the you whole thing cracks me up. Your slow mo, no, <laughs> as you click yes. You know, in in retrospect, though, like if we wanted to do it as like performance art, <laughs> it would be this amazing existential sort. Of <laughs> Like, you know, because people are always saying, like, you know, we've heard a bunch of times now people are like, oh, it's like listening to friends, you know, talk, and I wish I could join in, and I could upload this this open-ended conversation, and people, when you're quiet, could just, like, talk, and then you'll <laughs> respond to them. <laughs> I think this is both amazing and horrible, because it sort of implies that... I'm not responsive to things people actually say. <laughs> well, it's it must be funny because my husband just laughed at it really loudly from the kitchen. <laughs> oh, God, it's true. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about movie night because that's the one that we have both seen. And there's definitely a lot of sort of stuff to mine. From There's episode. a lot of stuff to talk about. There really is. And I, wanted, um, I did want to sort of like start off with an interesting little clump of trivia, because it's not like a bit of trivia, but it's a large clump of trivia oh, that, a clump. I, that I only found out today. The guy who plays Salty Dad, who... Uh-huh is one of those actors where it's it's one he's one of those oh it's that guy actors that yeah 
that you know you you I I know I have seen in things. I mostly think of him as the dad from Sixteen Candles, but yeah. he's been in a bazillion different things. Like you know, if IMDb is to be trusted, like everything from like Alf to like the Golden Girls to like Deep Space Nine, which is a pretty broad array of, of of television and but this is what's cool is that not only that but i found out he was one he was a co-creator and a writer on the electric company do you remember the oh. electric company isn't that awesome <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that noise may have been too high pitched for people to actually hear <laughs> so that made me really happy and then i found out he is actually married to winnie holzman who is one of the producers of Huge, and Savannah Dooley, who is the other producer of Huge, is his daughter. <laughs> so there's like... <laughs> I would just insert blinking noises here. <laughs> blink, blink. So I, I was sort of like, that's really fucking awesome. <laughs> that, you know... I feel like you need to make a diagram of this trivia. Yeah, well, I... I feel that way too <laughs> so i think you should write that down in the show notes i will i will i'll link to i'll either link to his imdb or his wikipedia page so people can be like oh he's that guy from blank like i said well, I, I, mostly, I mostly think of him as the, the dad from 16 candles but you know i know he's been in a hundred he's one of those actors that you just see in you know rolls all over the place and it's it's like oh it's that guy again and you never know what his name is well his name is paul dooley and he's um you know his savannah dooley is his progeny and winnie holzman is his wife so i thought that was really kind of cool i just whoops company <laughs> wait 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 say that again you're breaking up i said i'm just so excited about the electric company <laughs> One of the things Leslie and I talked about in the episode that shall never be is that I, or maybe we talked about it after we recorded the episode that shall never be or something like that. But anyway, I apparently only like one television show every 15 years. <laughs> and so I've liked approximately, and not like 10 years, let's say 10 you have years. To, you have to tell everyone what these other shows were, though. I, I don't have to tell everyone. That's if my private you, business. You brought it up. You have to tell. <laughs> okay, fine. Star Trek, the original series, Star Trek Next Generation, American Gothic, and apparently huge. I love how you just gloss right over American Gothic. <laughs> well, it was only on for a season, and they aired the final episodes in Canada, but not the U.S. It was tragic. <laughs> I know there are a bunch of people right now going, what the fuck is... <laughs> Gothic. It was it was the one with that other guy, Gary that, Cole, that actor who is another one of those. It's it's that guy actors and that kid who was Caleb or something. What was his name? You're breaking my heart, Leslie. I'm sorry. It's broken. What was his name? It's broken for you. <laughs> I I'm not even answering your question. I'm looking on Hulu to see if they have it. <laughs> And if they have it, you are linking to it in this episode. Okay, and okay. they do. Oh, God, they do. Yay. Do they seriously have it on Hulu? I might have yes, to they back. seriously have it on Hulu. I am so stoked. I might have to go back and rewatch the show. It was, it, was, it was a weird-ass show, but it was a good show. It was a weird-ass show. It was a very good show. There's a lot of creepy things. Gary Cole is this really creepy sheriff. 
there's some sex that was explicit for the time, which was like 1995. <laughs> it came. It was. It was like on. CBS. I mean, come on. It was it was a good show. And later it was on Sci-Fi because I actually didn't see it until they reran the whole series. Like I guess Sci-Fi got syndication rights for it and mm. they reran the whole series and that was when I saw it. Yeah. Um I forgot about that, but yes it was. I I um <laughs> It was the first show I ever had like bootleg copies of. <laughs> I was part of like a letter writing campaign when they went to cancel it. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing for yeah. That's I keep I keep trying to get Marianne into watching Farscape because she actually owns it and it's science fiction with Muppets, which is like they just wrote this fucking series for Marianne <laughs> specifically. And yet she does not watch it. She owns the DVDs, and she we won it in a contest. We have the whole the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should watch them because I well, think you would like. I'm actually rewatching them um, right now, so I've had Farscape on the brain, and I keep telling Marianne you need. And if any of our beloved listeners are familiar with Farscape and want to jump in and tell Marianne how much she should watch this this series, that would be awesome and helpful for me, and I would very much appreciate. The <laughs> I think that's totally unfair. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> it's you perfectly fair. Heard our listeners against me in this way. Oh, I'm sure you'll come up with some way of doing the same thing to me. <laughs> I will now. <laughs> I've just been busy. I've been recording podcasts. You've been busy and for watching... like, yeah, for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a busy I've been decade. having, Leslie, Leslie, I because of you and because of Twitter, I had this vision. I had this vision of a whale in a bikini. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on in pottery now. It's like this whale in a bikini. And Amanda Cronister drew it. <laughs> we'll link to that too. <laughs> yes. And I kind of feel like bringing this vision of a whale in a bikini to the world mm-hmm. is worth me, you know, putting off Farscape a little longer. I guess. Or you could just stop sleeping. The sleep is really overrated. I've been doing more of it, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> I guess I don't really need it. Let's let's get back to huge, though. Before, yes, huge. We're on topic. Before we completely bore people to death. <laughs> where do we want to just... Yeah, where do we want to start? I I I am so team Becca. Yeah. Becca's rad. And maybe once upon a time you said that Dante was kind of funny and I agree with you now. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you now that Dante is funny. You'll agree more when you get a chance to watch Talent Night. I'm sure. Just, just trust me. I trust you. You're smug about it, aren't you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and I love George. I thought I was going to hate George. George is like, what is George? George is the sweetest dude. Yeah. So I love George, and I continue to want to pat Alistair like a kitten. Yeah. 
Well, he's got that that thing about him. Um, in in this episode, we actually there are two. There's not a whole lot of Alistair in this episode, really. But no, there are, there are two completely hilarious moments that are like blink and you miss them. There is one moment where they're doing sort of like a, a quick you know, sort of look around the rec room at, you know, what people are doing to entertain themselves. And this is, it ultimately goes into the conversation between George and Poppy, where Poppy tells him about finding the naughty sleeping bag campers. And, but immediately prior to that, you sort of get a few quick looks at, you know, different campers doing stuff. And there's a shot of, it's very fast. I actually had to rewind on, on Hulu to like make sure I w- didn't hallucinate it. It's a, it's a shot of Alistair and Sierra playing ping pong. And they're, they're like playing doubles, I guess, because they're both on one side of the table. Alistair, Alistair is reading like a magazine and he's just sort of vaguely like, like, waves his paddle in the air as Sierra, like, actually goes and hits the ball. Yeah. It, it's this very, biz- like, little, and it was hilarious. Like, it was one of those, you know, did that just happen kind of moments. It was very funny. I really like that there's always something going on in the background in the, like, scenes where there are multiple people. Yeah. I never, ever get the sense that this show is only about the people they're showing us. Yeah. Like, I get the sense that there are so many stories that could be told at this camp. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree. And the other the other little Alistair moment that I think a lot of people will be squeeing over is um, in the boys' cabin. He's knitting. He's, like, in the background knitting with this, like, bright rainbow-colored yarn. And he's sort of like, I don't know if he actually, if like the actor knows how to knit or not, or if he was just sort of trying to look, you know, harried about it or something. (laughs) But he's sort of like very, like, intensely focused on the knitting. I do know how to knit. And so I am, I don't think he was actually knitting, but much to my delight, I recognized the yarn and I have a hat made out of it that my (laughs) mother-in-law made. Ah, that's great. It's a great yarn. It's fun to knit with because it's quick. It's chunky. There there were, you know, so then we had a couple of cute, there were a couple of cute little Alistair moments, but he wasn't really in this episode that much except for sort of the, I don't even want to call it a confrontation, but sort of the conversation with Chloe yeah. um, about, you know, Chloe sort of pulls him aside during the movie to ask if, he like if Trent knows that she was the sleeping bag girl and Alistair didn't know that she was the sleeping bag girl and he's sort of shocked to hear this which I, I had read somewhere recently that there's I think the actor somebody made a comment somewhere that there's like a reason why Alistair isn't sort of like, yeah, this is my sister. Like, there's a reason why they have this this secret sibling thing going on that we're going to discover at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take um, until we discover that, but it is supposed to happen. What was I going to say? Oh, I also wanted to talk about Chloe a little bit because... I feel like her character is, I don't know about you, but I have some sort of issues with her character and I want to be sympathetic and I have a really hard time. 
Um, I'm sympathetic as far as the slut shaming goes, but that's really about it. Yeah, I mean, I, like I find pretty much nothing sympathetic about her other than that. Even though I understand what possibly motivates her to be the way she is, I am inclined to second that emotion i think because i definitely felt sympathetic like after alistair walks away from her and she looks like she's about to start crying yeah and that i really felt like oh honey like come on (laughs) like you know (laughs) and and then but then she immediately goes and meets up with trent and it's like you know i want whatever you want and i'm like no I almost threw up. It was very sad. It was awful. And I mean, I think that they're they're building this character as this very sort of flawed person for a purpose. And I think that that's smart. But I have a hard time liking her. <laughs> I like her outfits. Does that count? <laughs> I guess it does. I mean, you know, it's it that's something. And I knew when you wait till you see Talent Light, you were going to go apeshit over what she wears for their performance, which never happens. But I'm look- I, I I'm, find her very stylish. I'm looking at her thinking, oh, my God, this is so something Marianne would wear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, like, I, I hate the whole slut shaming concept mm-hmm. where a, you know, it's there's this one point where George is like preventing teens from having sex. Like it's this big ludicrous mission. Mm -hmm. I mean, on the one hand, yes, teens are going to have sex. On the other hand, George don't have sex with teenagers. You're a camp counselor, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, I mean, I, I, he is sort of being penalized for what is perfectly normal teenage behavior. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in in that way, you know? And then there's the whole, she just moved from sleeping bag to sleeping bag. No, it was only one sleeping bag, but then she got pregnant. I mean, that sort of gossipy yeah. bullshit sucks. Especially since, I mean, it, it, <laughs> Chloe's not even the one who's had all the way sex or complete, complete sex. Complete, yes. Let me get my <laughs> terminology right. <laughs> complete sex. Well, and I also hate the double standard of it. Yeah. Nobody is like, wow, that guy is an asshole. Well, George is a little bit like that because he's precious. (laughs) Talking about how they should, you know, never pressure the girl or maybe they should ask. Just Mm -hmm. ask the girl what she wants. And I'm like, George. Oh, <laughs> which in 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 his defense, Trent does. It's just that Chloe's response is, "I want whatever you want." Yeah, it's just that Chloe's response is barfastic. Yeah, which you know, again, that's totally typical of yeah. of a mainstream American girl that age. Exactly, but that doesn't make it not barfastic. It's totally barfy. Yeah, um, um the- I feel. Similarly about Amber, I mean, I know Amber has some ardent defenders, Mm -hmm. but even though I understand her motivation, I'm still like, I need something, I need her to do something redeeming and mooning over George ain't gonna cut it. Particularly when she has pretty much told him if he weren't out of bounds, she wouldn't be as interested in him. Yeah. I'm like, well, yay for honesty, but... 
I don't, I don't, I, I, she feels like I, I want, I'm definitely sympathetic in respects, but the character of Amber still feels a little flat to me. Like, I feel like we need to hear more of her stories. We've been skating around the class issue, which on the one hand, I like the skating around because I don't want to be beaten over the head and have her be tokenized. But on the other hand, it's like, let's, let's get this a little out there more (laughs) so that, you know, there's something about her that makes her more interesting and more balanced i feel like most and this is something that i've seen a lot of well i haven't read that many comments this week elsewhere but on my own blog i've heard you know quite a few people say that you know all of the characters seem really balanced except for some people think al amber isn't some people think dr gina torres isn't um i kind of can see i'm a little more i think a defender of dr gina torres than i am of amber because i feel like amber just I don't know, man. I'm just having a hard time. Like, I get that she's complex. I get that there's a lot going on. I get that she's incredibly insecure. And she's, you know, as someone commented today and basically said, you know, she's basically just trying not to fuck this up. Like, she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want anybody to sort of, quote unquote, realize that she doesn't actually fit in or they don't really like her at all. And I I get that. That was never... I think part of the problem is I can't personally relate to that experience because that wasn't something I ever really went through. I was never, I was never a kid just trying to fit in on the contrary. And I think this is, I'm going to say something mean. Okay. I wish that instead of being so concerned with fitting in, she would fuck it up because right now she reads entirely as vapid and dull. Yeah. Um, she, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I want to like her. I really do. And I think I want to like her her based on the way she is presented with this sweetness. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when she is doing terrible things like snubbing the other families to hang with tennis douches. (laughs) She is, you know, very sweet. Yes, I hold grudges. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. Like, she doesn't come across as very smart. She doesn't seem interesting in any way, shape, or form. Well, I think there's... I want her to be. I think there's sort of a conscious... obvious. Obviously, Will and Amber are sort of positioned as, as opposites. But I think there's also a conscious contrasting going on there in that Amber wants nothing more than to fit in and be accepted and feel normal. And Will responds to her sort of outsider status by embracing it and being like, fuck you, if you're going to make me an outsider, I'm going to be the most annoying outsider that you've ever seen. (laughs) I'm going to be in your face about it 24-7. And I think that because that was my response myself as a teenager, uh, I think that I am a little... Because I know that there are a lot of people who think Will is just this callous, horrible bitch and they don't like her at all. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> no, here's the thing. The problem is that we have two people doing a podcast who were Wills. Yeah. And I understand Amber's plight and I sympathize with it, but I would not hang out with her. I have yeah. zero interest in hanging out with her. I don't hang out with her now in real life when I meet people like that <laughs> because I'm sure they are valuable, interesting people once you get past the urge to fit in. Mm-hmm. But. 
Yeah. You know, I, there's, there's only so much I can handle. And that sort of fear of fucking it up is rapidly getting lower on the list of things I can handle as I creep higher into my thirties. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. And I was like that even as a teenager that, you know, it, it, if, if people were going to make me into a target and an outsider and an outcast, then I was going to completely make that my identity. And to the extent that, you know, when I was in, to some extent, that's even true today, but as a teenager, it got to the point where it was like, I would do shit just because <laughs> it would freak people <laughs> out and would sort of distinguish me as being outside. Like if something was popular with all of the popular kids, then I wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, I wanted to hate on that. <laughs> so, which, you know, and that's just part of being a teenager is being, you know, a contrary pain in the ass in general. There are those of us who go through that phase and there are those of us who really want nothing else. And in fairness, like some of my closest friends in high school at my school were far more Ambers than they were Wills. And so I feel like I can connect with people who have had that, that different experience so long as they're okay with me constantly making a scene. <laughs> I guess that's sort of the important thing to remember there. Like, you know, yeah. But the other thing I really, 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 really wanted to talk about. Can I guess? You can guess. Can I? Can I guess? It is. It is one of two things. It is shirtless fat boys, uh -huh. and it's Poppy being asexual. It's both. <laughs> I win. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about shirtless fat boys. <laughs> because I have actual thoughts about Poppy being asexual. I just, it's so much more fun to wallow in shirtless fat boys. I, 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 <laughs> I was sort, yeah, I was a little speechless, I guess is the best word. I was, I was really sort of blown away because... It's just not something you see. You don't you don't see that on television. Not even cable television. That it blew my mind that you have these I love I love that we're still like cable television. I know. Well like it matters these days. Yeah. But but you know, I, I seriously I thought that I I just like that first shot, I literally like 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 I, I jumped like someone had shocked me or something. <laughs> like, wow, I did not expect it. I mean, and I know that we've we've had fleeting glimpses before, but every time it happens, because it's so unusual, to see that, you know, sort of scantily clad fatness, I just every time I see it, I'm like, Wow. I would like look at that. <laughs> I would like to read for our listeners the text message that I received last night. <laughs> So you got to understand that I don't have TV. So I, I watch these things the next day on iTunes, right? And so usually when Leslie is watching Huge, I am doing 50 other things. Last night, because of a terrible beach injury that is too ridiculous to discuss, I had actually gone to bed early um, by the powers of a muscle relaxer and a pain pill. 
And so I groggily reach for my phone and what I see in all caps with no punctuation whatsoever. There are many shirtless fat men. O-M-F-G. Well, boys. But nevertheless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was was kind of my reaction. Um, And then there was Ian and Will need to make out now. Yes, they do. (laughs) And that's not my interpretation of how Leslie said now in this text. I actually used many O's and W's as I recall. But yeah, yeah no, it was good. <laughs> it was it's just it's so refreshing to see people who look like that. It's it's so and I said this a hundred times in my recap today, but it's so normalizing. There's no big deal. There these aren't guys who are standing there fe- looking embarrassed. That it's not a plot point that you know they're everybody's walking around in swimwear. It's not you know a traumatic event like if you remember on More to Love. There was this, you know, the swimwear was like this traumatic, bizarre thing. That whole show was traumatic. Yeah, well, but, you know, they made a big, one of the things they made a big deal out of was, oh my god, I have to wear a bathing suit around this guy who likes fat women, and he might see that I am a fat woman, and, you know. Oh, no! Yeah, there was was much hand-wringing over that. But this isn't a plot point, this is just a bunch of people doing stuff outside in the summertime, and they're wearing swimwear, and that's what you do. And I, I just, you know, I think it because of that normalizing effect, I just thought it was the awesomest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I have to say, like, thanks for teaching us that boat safety stuff. Well, it's the law. <laughs> that cracked my shit up. That cracked my shit up, too. I I laughed really hard, but I also really enjoyed, like, not just shirtless fatties front and center, but shirtless fatties in the background yep you know all around and i think it's interesting that trent who is the one who is into working out getting pumped is the one who wears a shirt yeah i noticed that too i thought that was very i don't know how conscious that is but i thought that was definitely interesting that and and sort of uh what's what i'm looking for sort of like pointed like it's kind of hard not to notice that that he's the guy who's got a shirt on. It it felt a little poignant to yeah. me. Yeah. Especially with Chloe all like, I think you look hot. She says you look good. She's yeah, you look good. You look good. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that was a moment where I sort of was like, Oh my God, this happened to me. <laughs> and I tell the story in the recap, so I'm not going to tell it again now, but that was kind of an amazing little thing for me where I, I seriously was like, Wow. Like, it's like they looked into my fucking life and and reproduced the scene, sort of, except mine did not involve a paddle boat. (laughs) I just, I wonder if Lance Armstrong is sitting around somewhere going like, hey, man, man, that's my bracelet. Yeah, Trent wears a yellow... It actually, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed, um, because I actually watched it twice, um, (laughs) it has gold written on it in, like, black felt-tip pen or something. It's one of those yellow rubber wristbands, which I think normally they say, like, live strong, and it's, I guess... It's embossed. It's it's extorting you to, like, live 
strong or, or something. I don't know. Extorting? Exhorting. God, I'm an idiot. It's exhorting you to <laughs> win the Tour de France like five times. Yeah. With it, like heart, what, what do you have? Lung, brain, and testicular cancer and, at the same time? And steroids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, You're tarnishing his image, I Leslie. know. I'm terrible. I suck. Um, <laughs> it's one of those yellow, those, those yellow rubber things. And I know there are people who feel very strongly about them. I always thought they were kind of dumb because um, I don't need a piece of plastic to, to tell me to be strong. But whatever. Um, if it works for you, that's awesome for you. And I do not deny people anything that makes them happy or helps them get through life. But he has this wristband on and it, it has goal written on it. And Chloe asks, what's that for? And this, she asked him about this wristband like 20 times during the course of this episode, which I think is her trying to demonstrate interest in whatever interests him. And he says, oh, it's, it's, you know, to remind me to never give up and to keep working out to get the body I want. <laughs> And it's this. <laughs> you know, that sounded like I was like Keanu Reeves for a minute there. <laughs> My life is so complete right now. <laughs> There's not even any stake involved. <laughs> Yet I feel my life is complete. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's you know this this thing, and like at the end of the episode, he like lets Chloe wear it, which I guess means they're gonna get married or something. I don't know. And it's yeah, so well, it's afford a titate a platinum friendship ring. Yes, we mentioned we hear that from the the fake Kristen Stewart Robert Pat- Pattinson couple. That one of the themes throughout this episode is this Twilight spoof, which is actually sort of brilliantly I hilarious. Think, I think this has to be a topic in itself. Let's talk about shirtless fat boys and then Poppy yeah. and then Phantasm. Okay. Um, I don't know how much more I have to say on the shirtless topic <laughs> aside from like, wow, that was neat. Because I, like I said, I'm I'm mostly sort of speechless about that. I also, I, I also thought it was interesting, too, though, that um, we see a lot more of Will's arms in this episode than we have seen thus far. She's in a tank top in the beginning. Well, not just Will. Becca is as well. Like, yep. all of the death fatties are rocking the tank tops. And when Will goes to meet with Ian to work on the song, but then she runs away, I think it's sort of telling that she's dressed very unusually for her when she does that. I don't know if this was intentional, but I definitely notice it. That she goes to meet him, and normally Will has, like, like a t-shirt and, like, baggy shorts and her little you know, chucks on. And when she goes to meet Ian, after putting on her lip balm, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. precious chapstick. She smelled her breath. Yeah. She smells her breath and she puts on chapstick and that's how she preps, which, I mean, God, this was so me in high school. Um, She goes to meet him and she has on a pretty form-fitting tank top and I almost think she's wearing leggings as pants, which if that's the case, I, I... I this show has my heart like she's not she's wearing um like ca- camo capris no they go all the way down do they go all the way they I don't the believe way. they go you've all got the to go back and that. read their black pants and they're totally form fitting and they go all the way down to the ankle and that's why I sort of was like oh my god is she wearing leggings as pants because that would be hilariously brilliant and awesome if she was I'm concerned that my iTunes is going to make noise. 
Well, if it does, you know, we'll, I guess we'll all muddle through somehow. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like these are the most professional podcasts that we ever do. That's true. Oh, God, Wayne has his shirt off. I love Wayne. What okay, here she is. Um, you know what? She's wearing, like, workout pants, I think. But still, they're very form-fitting. and that's, They that's are like, totally form-fitting, like a, as is her tank top. It's a stone's throw from, yeah. from leggings. It's almost leggings as pants. It's very close. It's near leggings. Yeah. It's approaching leggings town. Leggings but, town. but it gets off the highway right before it arrives. <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm going to take a sharp left at Yoga Pantville. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I, I think that's I think that's what's going on here. But I, I'm loving seeing all of these fat upper arms because, oh, again, that's completely not... That's pretty unusual, particularly even within the characters that, you know, to see them dressing differently. Yeah. And then can we also talk about Wayne's shirtless moment? Because I really wanted to talk about that. (laughs) Start it off. Okay. Um, I know that Dr. Gina Torres has detractors, but I kind of love her with Wayne because I want to see more of Wayne, which means we need her because he's not going to be skeevy and hit on a camper. <laughs> Wayne is awesome. Wayne quotes things in her from French film to Longfellow. And then he totally watched her walk away and took his shirt off. Yeah. Wayne has the moves. Yeah, he he is a completely awesome character. Um he is sort of exactly what Gina Torres are argue well not Gina Torres Doctor Gina Torres with <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry Gina Torres um, I'm sure your personal life is just fine but it's exactly what the character sort of needs but the the moment that the shirtless moment is really sort of striking and amazing because she brings him iced tea right after her father has basically said like he likes you and she brings him the iced tea and they have this little exchange and then she walks away and he you know sort of and she's as she's walking away she has this sort of this little smile on her face like oh like wow maybe i don't know like me yeah like maybe this is an interesting guy and he watches her go and then he turns to go back to work And he takes off his shirt and sort of like mops off his face with it. And at that moment, she sort of turns around to look back at him and sees and he's got this big, you know, middle-aged guy belly. And it's it's a very round, very admirable belly. And it has this effect on her when she turns back around. Like, it's almost like she's startled by it. And like, like she can't handle his body. And so the smile evaporates and she just walks away. And I thought that was, that was, it's a very subtle little moment, but it was really fascinating to me because when you're looking, you know, when, when you're coming from a position where, you know, obviously this character is incredibly insecure and incredibly just nervous in every way and has a, a happy little bundle of baggage that she's carrying around with her. You know, obviously she's she has a lot of body related issues and to sort of see her respond to that movement, which is a totally on his part, a completely thoughtless, I would say, movement like he's not, you know, he doesn't see he seems neither embarrassed nor like, hey, check this out. 
Like it's it's he he really seems to be just you know he's hot. He takes off his shirt and he wipes off his face with it. Well, he's not holding back anything to impress her. Exactly. Like that's what I like is that he would rather lick money than take stevia from her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He, uh, which is a great great line. That's an amazing and, line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he calls her out on being shitty at picking movies for teenagers and like. He seems to want to push her out of her comfort zone, not just for the sake of pushing her out of her comfort zone, but because he likes her. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't seem to be trying to impress her. Yeah, he's just like, hey, it's a lot cooler out here in non neuroses land. <laughs> Maybe you should visit. <laughs> <laughs> we could see a movie. Exactly. You only get one chance to visit France. And, <laughs> and they don't let you in if you're fat, Leslie. Exactly. We know that. <laughs> Fatties are shot at the border. We know that this is true. Um, and, and then later when they have sort of their second interaction where Dr. Whatever has decided, like, you know, uh, I can't take this shit. So she basically goes out and he's... He is this fascinating guy, and he knows all this stuff, which I can't be the only person on Earth who thinks that is really fucking cool. Like, I love random trivia, and I love people who just throw that shit out there all the time. I can't get bored of it. But, you know, he, he sort of talks about, he points out there's forget-me-nots, and he starts quoting Longfellow. And he doesn't do it in this smarmy, I'm trying to get in your pants kind of way. Like, he does it in this random, like, oh, yeah, like, I know this quote, and he says it, and it, it comes across as very just... I have this interesting information I want to share with you kind of way. He does it like a guy who genuinely likes Longfellow. Exactly. And he's like, not trying to use it for nefarious purposes. Yes. And she basically is all, you know, I'm sending the wrong signals and blah, blah, blah. And I don't understand. And you're making me this fence. And why are you making me this fence? And ah, and he immediately sort of like cools. Like he figures out I'm freaking this woman out somehow. I I have to say, like, I watched that scene twice because one of the things I am coming to appreciate about this show is that they are not skimping on the talent for the minor roles. Like, I really feel like he conveyed, like, whoever he is has amazing eyes. <laughs> Wayne has pretty eyes. And there is there is like a visible cooling, like his demeanor changes, even though his expression does not. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. I think it was very well done. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I feel like the theme of shirtlessness was sort of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure why there was a shirtless theme. in this episode. I think I would have been happier if there had been more girls in bras. Me too. More girls in bathing suits because that was one thing. Like all the dudes were standing there in their swim trunks mm -hmm. and the girls were wearing like outfits. Mm -hmm. I wanted more like, I don't know, girls in bathing suits and or bras. The yeah. tank tops were nice. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Particularly, particularly if they are death back girls. Yes, I'm very and or back because Becca's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, Becca sort of is is on the line. I think I don't. I it's hard to tell from television. Yeah, but you know, I don't think she's clear into death fat territory. But I think she's 
like she's a few cakes away maybe <laughs> oh i know i'm terrible i'm terrible this is yeah <laughs> this is why i edit myself for the recaps oh <laughs> But Can yeah. we just talk about how cool Becca is? Like, interjection of Becca's coolness, writing in runes in her journal. She is so cool. She is <laughs> awesome. I mean, like the, like I said, these characters, there's nobody on, on this show that feels like a shallow stereotype. There's no one where I'm not continually shocked by the stuff that comes out of their mouths. Like, Becca, yeah, she's demonstrating oh, I, when I have something really personal, I write it in runes. Like, are you fucking kidding me? No! Like, that's, she's just that awesome! Yeah, like, that's amazing. And and so something that, like, friends of mine would have done. I also like that as is often the case in teenage and adult friendships, Will is like, there are like 18 reasons no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes we don't share those interests with our friends, but we're still friends. So I just, I thought that was a nice little moment. Yeah. I think that, I hope that, I mean, we had, we later discovered the, um, the huge website will post these little journal entries for people who don't know. We'll post journal entries every week after the episode airs from various characters. And I have been told that these journal entries, we sort of were wondering about how canonical they were. I love the idea of a huge canon for the record. <laughs> <clears throat> but we were wondering about how canonical they are, were. And somebody said, now I don't know how true this was is because it came from a comment on my blog, but somebody said that they're actually written by Savannah Dooley, which would not surprise me because they seem... A lot of the stuff that comes off on the huge website is just crap. Like the the quote unquote recaps that they write are often factually inaccurate. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's just not good. But these posts, these sort of journal entries, are from the from the start have been very good, and they seem very real and in keeping with the characters. So I like I I am inclined to think that this is probably true that they're probably written by someone who actually writes for the show. And Becca the last journal entry that they posted was after last week's episode after Becca had read Will's journal and the post basically was from Becca saying like essentially Will's journal did not mention her. <laughs> and that that understandably hurt her feelings because obviously Becca considers Will to be, you know, a really, really good friend, probably her best friend at camp. And so to read through Will's journal, which, as I have still have no doubt, the whole journal is woe, angst, emo, I love Ian, he does not love me. Yeah. Which is kind of understandable. But, you know, to not have, like, apparently there was one line in in the, the journal thing that was on the website, Becca says, there was one line in there that says, the girls in my cabin are mostly okay, like most of them. And uh, and she was sort of like, that's as close as Will came to actually mentioning me. And that is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And it also sort of talked about Becca's motivations for reading, which were sort of that, you know, because Will doesn't really share shit. Which, again, I very much relate to. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it's interesting. And I do recommend people like, you know, check that. I'll write nice things about Becca. Check that <laughs> <laughs> to check that out because it gives a nice little uh, insight, you know, into what's going on in the characters' heads. Yeah, I um, 
I find it amusing that you're talking about like the huge canon and then in comments people are like, Oh, Trent totally has a crush on Ian. We are witnessing the birth of slash fandom for this show. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I totally support, and it's awesome. I totally support all of it. And I think that they're not that far off base. I mean, <laughs> Bromance or not, I think that there is definitely a crush developing there. I I think that most boys would be like, no, uh. but yeah, totally. I'll be interested to see. Well, because there's, um, I actually skipped ahead because they do after they post. I don't know if you've noticed, but on Hulu, they'll post a few little like sneak peek clips um, of next week's episode, and one of the sneak peek clips for. That's really hard to say. Sneak peek clips for this week was like, basically Trent is sort of like, hi, Ian. <laughs> and, and you know, Will is making fun of him, like saying to Ian, like, oh, it's your new best friend. And, and you know, Ian's like, yeah, he thinks so. But like, it's totally not the, like, there's this hilarious, awkward <laughs> sort of thing. And it's I'm looking forward to the next episode because <laughs> I want to see how that evolves. Do you want to know what made me laugh the hardest in this entire episode? What? Okay, so Will shows up outside the boy cabin, and they're all like, oh, it's a girl. Oh, it's just Will, whatever. And Ian, like, gives them some sort of frantic, significant look, and then he stomps out in his thermal shirt and flannel pants and flops, like, oh, going have this important conversation and like dante turns to alistair and whoever else is in there and is like so what's up with them (laughs) and i fell out because so funny and i think that it is so totally like gossipy boys Uh (laughs) who really do that i mean (laughs) it was just really funny yeah it was that was hilarious. That was completely hilarious. Yes, I think that moment has redeemed Dante for me. That's saying something. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Because I was all like, oh, like the never-ending story reference didn't do it for me. But you apparently- have to see Talent Night will go a long way. <laughs> Gotta watch that episode. But let's talk about Poppy. Yay! I like Poppy. And Poppy's little revelation, because I thought that was... I literally, like, I think my comment in my recap, and it was actually what happened in my head when I saw it, was, well, shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs) What you texted me was, like, again, all caps, Poppy just confessed, or came out as asexual to George, mind equals blown. (laughs) I'm glad you saved these things. (laughs) Well, you know posterity so what are your because you said you have official thoughts let's hear your official thoughts. well i don't know if they're official thoughts so much as they're more coherent thoughts than half naked fatties yay (laughs) you know i i think that um in your recap you said that george went from what to okay really quickly i think he goes from what to i'm totally fixated on this girl over here And I kind of think that's even better. Like, she has this big confession. He doesn't get it. But it's not even a thing. Like, it's just Poppy's thing. I don't know. I kind of disagree with you. 
Well, that's okay. I mean, I still talk because they talk about it because he asked her for clarification. He asked her for clarification, but he doesn't ever like he doesn't seem to ever really respond to it. And he seems to stop listening about halfway through. Well, I think he stops listening when he realizes that, like, you know, Amber is missing. How can I delicately go and look for her without making it look weird? (laughs) Well, I think that's totally when he stops listening. But I think that. It is it is interesting that, you know, her her sort of explanatory confession thing doesn't rate any sort of acknowledgement because he's going after this girl. Right. Like it's a non issue. Right. Which is it's, and that's that's basically what I meant when I was when I said, you know, he goes from what to okay. I mean okay is kind of like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not it it's not like a big activism moment where everything is happening it's it's a it's a total non-issue and i kind of love that and it's a really awesome issue because it it sort of can give voice and form to feelings that kids are doubtless having and i think that that is really really important because when you're a teenager you know the expectation is that you're going to be you know crazy for whatever sexes or genders you are attracted to and that, you know, you're, that's just normal and that that happens to all teenagers. And yet I had a lot of friends that that did not happen to. And I think that that, you know, ha- hearing someone else basically say, hey, this is how I am. And, you know, not making it a huge, like, that's weird. Or, you know, how uh, abnormal, you know, you are, <laughs> whatever, you know, not having that response about it is incredibly powerful for you know kids to watch who may have been feeling this way or feeling there was something wrong with them and not having the language or the the understanding to sort of just be to to realize like hey it's you know it's okay to be who i am and if this is how i feel then that's how i feel and that's how this shit is going to roll well i think that i think it's not just important for kids to see that well, yeah, I mean, you I, know, I, I, I think yeah. we talk about kids being the sort of tar- target demographic, but I don't know. I mean, back at the very beginning, we talked about how um, was it Samantha Dooley or Winnie, whose last name I can't remember, who was saying it's a show about teenagers, not necessarily for teenagers. Right. I um, forget which one said that, but one of them. And it's Winnie. It's Winnie Holtzman. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've forgotten it no, already. No, no, it's fine. But it was oh. in one of the interviews where one of them said... I mean, I, I mean, I, I tend to focus on the kid audience because the fact, and I've actually looked at ratings, and overwhelmingly, that is who is watching the yeah. show. I just, I think that you know, there, there's important stuff going on for both, and I think that um, it's interesting, not just from her sort of discussion of her asexuality, but the the sort of thing that leads into it, feeling that way about a person. I mean, I. I worried well into adulthood that I would never feel strongly. Yeah. You know, that I I would never experience, I don't know, basic things like happiness. <laughs> and little, you stuff, know, I you sort know? of, what? Little stuff, you know, little stuff. I, I mean, I joke about it now because I've had lots of therapy, but it, it it was a genuine fear that all of these sort of emotions other people experienced 
that I just wasn't capable of them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's all sorts of therapy BS I could pull out about like why that is and what happened and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the point is, I think that is something I, I think her, her revelation is sort of relatable on two levels. Yeah. You know, there, there is the much needed representation of what it is to be asexual, which does not necessarily mean you don't feel strongly for people. No. And the sort of emotional distance from people. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's an incredibly queer moment. And, and I feel like, I mean, Savannah Dooley said there was a great interview with her in the advocate. And she sort of makes a comment about she, you know, she thinks that they do some really unusual queer stuff in this show that is, is sort of subtle. And I think that this is an example of that, that you, we don't necessarily think of, of lumping asexuality in with queerness, but it really, I mean, queer sexualities or any sexualities that fuck with the established binary, you know, sort of hetero norm. So yes. technically asexuality is absolutely fucking queer. It might be more queer than queer. <laughs> I'm like, I, what do you mean technically? I'm like, it is. It's not skate by on a technicality. Well, it's- I think I think part because it's not a real familiar idea to a lot of people. Um, I think that there are sort of assumptions that people leap to in trying to understand what it means. And I think that that, you know, might it, it you know, it's it's something that is easily misunderstood, I guess is yes. the best way to put it. And I think that, you know, sort of identifying it as a queer sexuality makes it a little clearer to people that this isn't saying asexuality arguably isn't about having, you know, sort of no sexuality. It's just a different, you know, sort of understanding of one's, you know, sexual identity. And it may it may manifest as simply put a lack of interest in that. That's still a sexual identity even if the identity is a generalized lack of interest in sex. Yes. So, but asexuality is a lot more complicated than that anyway, but that's just sort of an example that springs to mind. (laughs) So, yeah, so I like that a lot because I felt like it was a profoundly, I thought it was way more queer than, you know, people assuming Alistair is gay just because he's, like, weird. Knitting. And and adorable. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so that was that was really interesting. And what was the other thing we were going to talk about? Oh, Phantasma. <laughs> yes. I for now this is my turn to quote text messages <laughs> because I got texts from Marianne while she was watching this, but moments ago. And the first one I got related to Phantasma was it. This is all caps, and it says the Ghost Tribunal dead in asterisks. <laughs> And yeah, and I, you know, was like, "Hey, that's great." And Marion could not text me back because she was busy being dead. And then I get all caps: a passion that can never be exercised. Leslie, they said, exercise. <laughs> and I know it's probably not really a pun, <laughs> but my little brain wants it to be a pun. I know they say exorcised, but the little actress does not say exorcised. No, she does not. She says, she says exorcised. And I thought that that, <laughs> I, I likewise immediately went to pun town on that. Like, I assumed 
that was what was going on there. And I think maybe that was a little wink and a nod to those of us who really like puns. Because puns are awesome. Yeah, they totally are, especially when they're hilarious. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. Just the whole, like, I watched the credits because it had scenes. Yeah, seriously. I I forgot to mention that in the recap. If you watch the credits to this episode, you can see the actual scenes that they filmed for the fake Twilight. And it's It's hilarious. It's really freaking brilliant. He sniffs her hair. (laughs) (laughs) He sniffs her hair. Yeah. I do like his outfit, though. Yeah. But yeah, so we have this 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 fantastic spoof of Twilight, which which is sort of fascinating to me that they're so overt. And as as usual, I was, you know, doing my Twitter troll looking for comments um, right after the episode had ended on uh, last night. And the, the the comments that I saw again and again and again were, oh my god, they are ragging on Twilight so hard. <laughs> or, you know, oh my god, they are making Twilight look so fucking stupid, this is awesome. Well, so, it is. I, I think, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I've just offended, like, every Twilight fan ever. I'm I, sorry, but... <laughs> I was gonna say, apparently there is a mounting Twilight backlash amongst this age demographic, because there were so... Like, nobody was like, oh, they're making fun of Twilight! Like, everyone <laughs> was like, oh my god, this is hilarious, that, you know, they're they're totally screwing with this this story. And it is. I mean, it's... I think I, I've mentioned a couple of times now that I first... I only saw the first Twilight a few months ago. and With your husband? Yes. And I have text messages about that somewhere, too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun experience, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was weirdly, like, it was terrible, but it was also strangely compelling. Like, I, I, I and I've said this before, and I know you don't understand this, I really like Kristen Stewart, and I don't know why. I think it's because she is so unbelievably awkward at all times. Like, she looks like she is a breath away from, like, tripping over her own shoes, falling down, breaking a vase, you know, stabbing, <laughs> stabbing someone's cat by accident. I don't know. Like, she she constantly seems like she's on the verge of disaster. And for some reason, I really like that about her. Watching her makes me sad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was a distressing movie, but it was a weirdly captivating movie at the same time. I don't know if I was captivated by the terribleness of it, which I admit does happen to me. I am easily easily captivated by terrible terrible movies. I really If enjoy. there were explosions or aliens that ate your brain, well, I might be more into it. <laughs> There's vampires, you know. They're wearing Mac mineralized skin finish. <laughs> Is that how they get the sparkle? I, I, that's, that's how I would get the sparkle <laughs> if I were trying to some gullible teenage girl I was a vampire so I could break into her room. <laughs> oh my god, that, that scene freaked my shit out, I gotta tell ya. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this would be me, like, with a baseball bat, like, beating this guy into a pulp. <laughs> Terrifying. But anyway, 
I appreciate that Dr. Gina is like, I'm not showing that shit to my kids. And she lets them watch it, you know. But but I appreciate that Dr. Gina is not down with that sort of manufactured capital R romantic bullshit. I actually, yeah, I really like that about her. Like, I like that moment that she was like, this is garbage. And it's giving a bad, ultimately, it's giving a shitty message. Although she didn't really, I would have gone into a rant about the extraordinary sexism of this this you know the whole all of the the twilight sort of saga um she does not do that unfortunately i would like her more if she had but she does basically say it sends a bad message i'm not you know sharing that with my kids although she does wind up showing it and the kids are happy but i also think that showing it was sort of a strategic move on her part because the girls would be too busy watching the movie to be dry humping anyone (laughs) that's what you think (laughs) there were some girls getting some action how about the makeout i like seeing the fatty makeout i want to see obviously i want to see more of that you want like a whole show of just underage actors making yeah, out don't you? it is you got it yeah you, when you put it like that it sounds so <laughs> wrong <laughs> oh i'm sorry well it just you know i mean and that's true and i keep sort of having to like remind myself of that that like hey you know, if I were a teenager, that would probably be okay, but maybe it's not okay anymore. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I I am turning into somebody on my blog made a comment today, which perfectly encapsulates how I feel that basically said, you know, I am radically changing from being incredibly sort of you know, circumspect about the show into turning into a complete raging fangirl. Yeah, I I understand that story arc. And as you well know, Marianne, I am not a fangirl kind of person. Not to say that all fangirls are alike, but that's not something that is in my character to do. Yeah. So this is sort of unfamiliar and strange for me. (laughs) 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 That, like, I'm actually, like I said, I actually will, like, make... Like, you know, my my husband sits down and watches a show with me because I'm like, it's on and I'm watching it at nine o'clock and almost any other show. I mean, including even shows like Mad Men, which I really love, you know, if I don't feel like, you know, lots of nights I don't, I don't feel like watching it. I'll let it I'll let the DVR get it and I'll watch it when I feel like I have time. Um, not so with huge. I want to see that shit when it comes on the air. I and, talk to other people about it. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's. It's sort of a dramatic and weird thing. And I think it's, you know, a lot of it is the fact that this is such a unique experience for, you know, for me and for a lot of us to see people who look like us portrayed yes. in this very non judgmental way and it in this very normalizing way. And I think it's brilliant that we still have not, we're halfway through now because there's 10 episodes. This was episode five. I know. And we still haven't gotten to the point where the fatness is a plot point. That still has not happened. And I'm sort of waiting. I mean, we're all talking about like we're waiting for the show to hurt us. Like yeah. it's, it's gonna happen. It's like the show is 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 you know, sparkle vamp and it it's gonna at some point it's gonna leave us in the woods <laughs> to die of exposure. Well <laughs> it is. 
And, you know, I know we're all sort of like waiting for that. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, we still have not reached a point where, oh, all of these kids are fat because they have various ailments, both, you know, physical and mental and whatever. We still, I mean, they're, they're just kids who happen to be fat. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's, you know what, though? So, unlike pretty much every other show I've ever purchased from iTunes, this show in the middle has the ABC Family logo and some previews for other shows. Which, I mean, I'm paying three bucks for the high def download. It's a little pissing me off. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit, man. Because <laughs> that's one reason I don't watch the fucker on Hulu, is that I hate commercials. It destroys the narrative flow. So. <laughs> One of the things that is driving me nuts is that they have all these, like, sexy cast portrait, you know, group shots Mm -hmm. for the other shows that they're pimping out. Mm -hmm. And then they show, like, clips from Huge. Mm -hmm. They don't have a group shot. They don't have the actresses and actors standing around looking fly. (laughs) They've got... Because in life... There are no small issues. And I'm like, you know, if I only ever saw promotional material for this show, I would think it was the worst, cheesiest show ever. Yeah. Because that is some kind of, like, there's a totally, totally, like, wrong misconception in the, a totally wrong misconception. Hello, redundancy. (laughs) There's a huge (laughs) misconception (laughs) in the marketing department about what this show is. And... I had a point and it's gone. Like my rage has eroded it. Well, you know what though? This is actually something that I have noted and I've heard from a lot of people since before it premiered was that I feel, I feel like the creators and the writers had a very clear idea of what they wanted to do. And I think that that is obvious when you watch the show. Yeah. I think the disconnect is it ABC family's marketing department has absolutely no fucking idea what is going on here. This may as well be a show about, like, a talking shark that solves crime. <laughs> like, they don't know how to sell it. They don't know how to package it. They don't know who they're talking to. It's Like, I have this great vision from day one. I've had this vision in my head of their marketing department being, like, like running around in circles with flailing hands in the air going, what do we do? <laughs> because it, it comes across the way it's promoted and marketed if it is i mean if you can even say it's marketed the way it's it's being done is it's obvious that they don't fucking know they have no idea they're just sort of well we have some tape we can throw together <laughs> and we can put that up <laughs> You know, why, you know, and you're right, there is no, there is no group. There was, there is sort of, there are group shots, like promo shots that were done for the show, because I've seen them. Um, But there is no sort of standard group shot, like you described, with like, the fan blowing the hair, and them all sort of leaning back, looking, you know, like, we're awesome, you know. Yeah. Don't you wish you were awesome like us? That's just, no, you don't see that. No, and I want to. Where are my Nikki Blonsky glamour shots? Well, she has plenty of those, to her credit. I actually think she's... She 
She I, totally does. I That's think her. she's way, way hotter without. I, I mean, and this is just me, but I think Will is like the hottest character on the show. She is awesome in so many ways, just as she is. But, you know, that's me, and that's not most of America. <laughs> like, you know, if we're used to seeing these shows promoted with the, you know, Cosmopolitan cover fan blowing, then why aren't we seeing that with Huge? So yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So get on it, ABC get family. on it, ABC family. We know that you have a staff of, like, 12. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I have to pay $3 to download your shitty commercials for Secret Life of American Teenagers, I want to see some glamour shots of the huge cast. Better yet, why don't they just cut a new strip piece from each character every week and insert that? That would be fantastic! <laughs> and we still want to see Alistair doing sweet transvestite. <laughs> With a pole. <laughs> With a pole. <laughs> uh, I made a joke today about, you know, this is why Huge needs to hire me as a consulting producer for their second season if they get I one. No, because I read your blog. And I also think, like, that could also be catastrophically bad for the show, because I'd be like, nobody wears shirts. <laughs> Well, we discussed, I don't know if it ever made it into an issue, like an episode, but we discussed what like our personal fat show would be. And yours was like all naked all the time. <laughs> and there's cake. <laughs> there would be cake. There'd be lots of cake. Leslie, they're, they're, they're lying to the school, the, the camp nurse to get salt to, get to salt. put on their food. How tragic is that? What did she call it? Not a salt shaker, but she said the, um, the ballots were under the something else shaker. Snalt. Snalt. <laughs> it was, There's I think, actually, some sort of, oh, salt seasoning. There's an amazing picture of Savannah Julie on, uh, who I totally not so secretly want her to be my best friend. Um, even though she's like, 23 or something ridiculous like that um there's an amazing picture of her on the abc family because she does little photo blog posts occasionally where she's got like she's holding this giant container of snalt and it's it's i'll have to link to it because it's completely hilarious that is where that is how i knew what dr gina torres was saying when she said they're underneath the snalt shakers i was like oh snalt <laughs> yeah that's, I just am like, that's incredible. Yeah. And at the same time, I kind of wish we could see the kid who got busted for that. Yeah, seriously. seriously. I mean, that is one thing that I think is interesting about the show. Everyone is sort of, oh, we're embracing this lifestyle, you know, except for the occasional, are you going to eat that from Alistair? Yeah. Everybody is in love with vegetables and exercise. Yeah. And my health is not a moral imperative soapbox feels like it may need a little exercise itself. Yeah. Because we we don't have anyone uh, with disabilities at camp. And we don't have anyone who isn't totally gung-ho for the changes that are being forced on them. Other than... You know, the stuff we got at the very beginning with Will dealing candy mm -hmm. and proclaiming that she's fine the way she is mm -hmm. and her fat is her BFF. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's really moved away from that. And I, I think it's great that it's dealing with the more sort of everyday fat people want to get it on too. Mm-hmm. But I am... I, I know there's only 10 episodes and it's a very short show, but I'm like, is somebody going to be like, fuck you, no seconds? I want some seconds? Or what? I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of... I'm sort of, I'm both interested in dreading that because I don't know how it would be handled. Exactly. And yet, on the other hand, I sort of feel like, you know, if this show has as its mandate that they want to make these kids normal and not, you know, freaks or whatever, I feel like they're um, they're really sort of can't, like, really candidly avoiding those sorts of issues. They don't want to make these kids look like gluttons, even though the risk of avoiding that means it makes them look like they're totally unquestioningly, you know. Although we, you know, we did talk before a little bit about the fact that everyone seems to like the food, even the non-fruit and vegetable food, like, you know, the, the Fantastic Muffins, and the um, whole popover thing from... And the popcorn of which they get one bag. One bag. You know, and I... I which, again, kill, I mean, it's fucking popcorn. And I yeah. know that there's no butter on it. So, I mean... I'm like, even Weight Watchers let you eat as much of that shit yeah, as you want. like, eat popcorn until you fucking explode. It's fiber and <laughs> and whole grains. And it's probably air pop. So what harm is that <laughs> going to do? But whatever. It's, I think this, again, is Dr. Gina's um, control issues yeah. sort of coming to the fore. But And I also, I got to admit, I do love that Alistair was, like, totally, like, wanting to take Ian's grapefruit half and oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> it's Although, true. I still cannot, I mean, I can't even think about eating that grapefruit without some sort of sweetener on it. Like, I'd rather just go hungry. <laughs> I love you. I will eat your grapefruit because I enjoy it a great deal. Like, give me an orange. I'll eat an orange. I'm allergic to oranges. Give well, me a grapefruit. Well, there gra- you go. We'll swap. I'll give you the grapefruit. You can give me the orange. <laughs> I don't think that's allowed at Camp Victory. Well, fuck Camp Victory. We will subvert the system. <laughs> All right, I don't know. I, like, I'm really, I'm really into what they're doing with the show. I mean, I'm still sort of you know clenched for things to go terribly wrong but i'm really into it i'm rooting for them but i still i still want to see somebody i mean these are teenagers Mm -hmm. how many 17 year olds do you know who are gonna like sit there and quietly take it for the entire summer maybe they're specially selected for their their (laughs) their lack of of willingness to combat authority although that wouldn't explain will yeah Oh, well, well, we should wrap up because we are, it is that time. It is that time. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Team Wayne. Um, <laughs> I like that. Team Wayne indeed. I'm apparently team everybody. Yeah. Well. Because you're, you're everybody not, is really fucking fantastic. You're not team Amber. I'm not team Amber and I'm not team Chloe, even though I like her clothes. But you're team Alistair, team Wayne. You're less team Ian than I am. I'm not. You can be president of that fan club. <laughs> I will be 
over here writing letters about how Becca is awesome. Team Becca. Yeah. yeah, I think we have a lot of teams now. We do, and it's nice that they're all like getting along so well. <laughs> this this has been Fatcast, and I am Leslie Kinzel. I am Marianne Kirby. And thanks for listening. Team Wayne! Ha 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 ha!